how excited am I that we are going international? And we're bringing another R. Smith onto the podcast. I'm chatting today with Rowan Smith, the founder of Summit Strength, who's one of the world's only specialist hiking coaches. With over 10 years of experience as a personal trainer and founding Summit Strength in 2018, Rowan now coaches hikers from across the globe, creating 100% tailored coaching for the individual's physical and mental strength, with clients fulfilling bucket list adventures such as Everest Base Camp, Kilimanjaro, the Pacific Crest Trail, and more. He's been featured on plenty of media and podcasts, appeared in magazines, um, and is based in Sydney, Australia, uh, where he's hiked in Papua New Guinea, Brazil, Indonesia, and New Zealand, amongst uh, many more. Uh, On today's podcast, we get into some of the detailed uh, approaches to preparing for training um, and doing training for hiking. And we also discuss common things uh, around knee pain, back pain, and what you can do before, during, and after your hike uh, to be physically prepared and and recover from your hike. So I'm happy to have you here. Uh, Let's bring Rowan on the line. Hi, Rowan. Hey, Riley. How you going, mate? I'm doing well. Uh, remind, remind the listeners where you're calling in from. Calling in from uh, Sydney, Australia. So today, bright blue skies outside the window. So game on. That is right. We've went full international on the podcast. I think I think you would be the first guest that I can think of that lives international. Call in. So I love it. We're we're gonna get we're gonna get big down in Australia. Ah, oh, fantastic. I feel honored, mate. I hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a joy that your team uh, reached out. I love that when we have uh, folks finding the podcast and saying it'd be awesome to be on there. I think your story is super interesting, and I think your topic that we're going to talk about today would be of great service to the listeners. And that's, you know, how do you effectively train, get your body right? Uh, for going on these long distance, short distance, weekend types of hikes. So again, pleasure to have you on. I'm very much looking forward to this. And um, you know, I love talking about this stuff. So bring it on. Awesome. Well, let's get in. I, I love to start with kind of how you got to where you got. Obviously, you have a passion for this. You hold a degree in sport and exercise science. So it's something that you're academically interested in, but then you decided to start Summit Strength. Um, and tell me a little bit how you kind of got got to that point and what your origin story is. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, I'm one of these guys that's sort of kind of lucky enough to sort of have, you know, two things in my life really collide, like my career and actually, you know, something that I really do love doing, which is, you know, hiking. Like pretty much, you know, through my whole life, there's really been two sort of passions of mine. Like number one was sort of sports and, and you know, sports performance. When I was younger, I had aspirations to become like uh, a really good sprinter. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't good enough. So it's always is like, you know, when you can't do it, you teach it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to university, study sport and exercise science. I'm going to learn how to become a really, really great coach um, and then hopefully train, you know, in professional sports. And alongside that, I was sort of, uh, you know, learned to be a personal trainer. I was just training sort of general population people, just everyday people who are looking to come to me to sort of increase their fitness or whatever. As I got out of uni, I sort of was like, you know what, actually, 
I'm not really sure about going down this professional route. I can't really see myself doing that. And sort of went into just cha- training in a whole bunch of different gyms and just training everyone under the sun. So people who were training for their first marathon or for, you know, just to lose a few kilos or put some muscle on or whatever it may be. So that's kind of been a track of my whole life since I was, you know, I've been coaching in one way since I was about 16. Now, on the other side of things, my other sort of real passion for life is, is really been around sort of different types of adventure. So, you know, we've been sort of bushwalking and doing small hikes with my dad and my family since I was like, you know, probably seven, eight years old. We used to tear around the local bushlands. You know, when I was a teenager, I was all about water sports and, and really sort of chasing, you know, waves. And a lot of my sort of hiking was resolved, revolved around sort of going out and trying to find some more remote ways, not that I was any special surfing or anything like that, but that's what I love to do. When I, uh, you know, got out of school and um, got out of university, um, I spent quite a few years sort of, you know, travelling around the globe, different countries, and a large part of sort of exploring the different places I went to was just doing sort of day hikes and, you know, little overnight hikes and that, and just really exploring what those sort of countries had to offer. And it was really something I really, really enjoyed doing. And then probably maybe five years ago, um, I've sort of just come back into Sydney. I've been living abroad for a few years and I just happened to get a job at um, one of these sort of simulated attitude gyms. Um, and I sort of friend, you know, they said they needed, needed a trainer there. I was like, you know what, bring it on. Um, and that was really the first time that I got exposed to sort of hikers and mountaineers and trekkers in a kind of professional sense. Because, you know, I'd always been sort of young and fit. I never really had any issues with my own hiking. I never really considered that, you know, physical preparation was a, a big deal because, you know, when we're younger, it doesn't really matter. Um, but then I've had all these people coming to this gym who are preparing for these sort of big trips like Everest Base Camp and Kilimanjaro and stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, just a little bit concerned around their physical preparation and, and not only just getting ready for this hiking, but they'll come to see me with all these other issues. And there was things like knee pain was a big one or learning how to carry a pack or preparing for some elevation hiking. And, you know, in Sydney, we've got you know, no mounts to speak of and all of this. And I saw there was just this massive need for help for people who were leading into these adventures. And, and there wasn't really a huge amount of stuff out there to help. Like you go on to Google, you prepare, you know, how do I train for a hike or how do I get ready for Everest Base Camp or whatever, and there'll be two dozen different articles but oh my gosh like the information was really really poor just to say the least and be like go out and hike and you know get your legs strong and that was it but there was obviously so much more than going into that so i sort of saw from you know my perspective i was in this really new unique position where not only did i have this background as a hiker i kind of knew you know what the demands were what the actual things people are going through um but i also had this background in you know athletic and sporting performance and coaching and I was like you know what I'm actually in a really unique position to you know combine these two things and you know start training people that you know I really do love training and seeing someone at the end of a trail with a massive smile on their face and thinking I've contributed a small way to that for me that's so much more satisfying than saying all right I've helped someone put on you know a couple of kilos of muscle or something like that um, and so yeah about three maybe four years ago now I sort of stepped out and you know, under the summer strength main, name and made that my sort of full-time job, training hikers and trekkers and backpackers and, and mountaineers for these adventures. So, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from and how it all, how it all happened. Love it. And, and I think the moment of clarity for you was this, was this experience of meeting hikers and they were just poorly prepared. And I can think of myself, I can think of others who often brag about, oh yeah, I'm just going to get off the couch and go hike. And, and that, that might work for, 
for a smaller hike or a more intermediate hike, but it seems like you've started to run into clients who are doing some of these these larger, whether long trails or summits. And so I would I would love to hear a little bit about, yeah, the type of people that reach out to you and and what they're trying to accomplish when they, they work with you in Summit Strength. Yeah, like basically the, the hikers that I typically, they work with these days, like the original creation was, yeah, there were a lot of people coming for these big trips. But typically these days there's sort of three categories of hikers that sort of I do end up working with. Now, number one is sort of, yeah, they are the big people who have those sort of bigger trips in their sites and, you know, they're concerned, you know, they're just not really going to be ready. And while they might be doing a little bit of preparation, a little bit of training, they're not really sure whether sort of all that time and an effort that they are investing is really going to be the best way to properly prepare for these particular type of challenges. And, and in the end, you know, as hikers, a lot of us have in the back of our minds, like, look, worst comes to worst. You know, I can probably get myself through these things if I really wanted. Like a lot of us do sort of think that, but they're kind of worried that we're actually in a position where they can, you know, properly enjoy these experiences you know, for what they should be. Now, the second category of hikers that I end up working with quite a bit these days is someone who does struggle with some type of pain or ache or injury on the trail. So whether it's knee pain, back pain, foot pain, ankle issues, or just general muscle pain. And, you know, they know this is a bit of a limiting factor in their hiking, you know, both in their enjoyment, but also sometimes in their confidence to tackle, you know, some of the more strenuous and challenging trips that they do want to be doing. And then the third category of hikers that just sort of work with quite a bit is it's not so much they're not really training for the major trips, they're not really training for, you know, to overcome the aches or pains, but they've got these local adventures they're doing, whether it's overnighters, whether it's sort of just longer day hikes or, or whatever it might be, but they're aware that you know, they just want to be able to enjoy themselves on these a little bit more. They don't want to be huffing and puffing up the hills. They don't want to be sort of feeling like they're holding people back if they're going out with a group of hikers or or they just want to be a bit more confident that they can sort of, you know, get through some potentially more challenging ones in their local area. And they just want to do the right things towards that. Um, so typically, yeah, one of those three categories that people end up working with and you know, they're all absolutely love working in, in any of those things. And, and, yeah, I really do feel just a little bit of training in any of those situations you can go an absolutely long way just to, you know, the enjoyment on the trail and, you know, our success with these adventures. I think that's already one key takeaway for me is I, I probably have that mindset of I'll just get through it. But what the training is doing is helping your actual enjoyment of the experience, right? And some of us take pride in that, you know, rough and tumble, get through it. I, I struggled and, and met the struggle, but at the same time, it'd be nice to actually enjoy part of the hike. Um, so I love that key takeaway. Let's go to... Um, I know there's so many variables, the age, the purpose of the hiker, but take me through if somebody approached you and said, yeah, I'd love to do some training. Um, you know, I've got this trip coming up. What, what, what is the experience of, you know, working with you and kind of putting together a plan for that person? Yeah. So uh, as you said, obviously the, the real specifics is just come down to the individual and what the hyper hiking and, and everything going on. But as a general overview, I'm a really, really big believer in sort of four sort of pillars of preparation for hikers leading into whether you're doing a big trip or whatever, a local trip or whatever it may be. Now, pillar number one is doing some type of strength training, which I'm a massive, massive, massive advocate for hikers. And I think it is so undervalued and underutilized, but has so many incredible benefits for any type of hiker. 
Essentially, it's like if it's done right, it can be one of the absolute best things to reduce the risk of pain and discomfort on the trail and reduce the risk of injury. Um, it can be amazing for making you know any type of you know elevation uphills or downhills more comfortable, making pack carrying easier, um, and also making sort of what's called your movement movement efficiency better. So essentially, every single step you take uses less energy, which you know as a hiker has been on the trail for hours and hours, that obviously adds yeah. up. So. I always say any type of hiking, and regardless whether you're, you know, 20 years old, 70 year old, whatever it may be, a little bit of strength training a week doesn't have to be crazy, doesn't have to be crazy squats or anything like that, but just a little bit of that can go a massively long way. So that's the first pillar which I'm a massive advocate for. The second pillar um, is obviously hiking itself. Like if you're sort of, uh, you know, if you have the opportunity to go out hiking semi regularly, um, that's amazing. Um, but if not, just in, taking a bit of a, a structured plan of attack to your hiking instead of just going out and saying, okay, I haven't hiked for two months, so I'm going to go out and do a 20 mile day or something like that. Um, just sort of sit down with your calendar and like, okay, I want to do this big hike, but maybe let's sort of fit in a few smaller hikes here and there to. To build up to that and, you know most hikers are pretty aware of that it's common sense not all of us do it but um but it's yeah something that goes in the third thing which is a little bit unique um is sort of something that i call to call hiking specific conditioning which is a really just fancy way of saying particular cardiovascular training which is really targeted particular aspects of hiking fitness so for example you know as hikers we know there's certain challenges that we'll run into on the trail and again everyone's individual but typical ones are like okay if i have a, i'm fine walking along the flat i can cruise along have a good time but the second i hit a bit of elevation i just turn into that you know huffing and puffing mess and it really sucks or a lot of people are like okay i might be training for my first overnight hike and just the thought of carrying you know 10 kilos on my back or whatever it is that's a bit intimidating and i do struggle with that or or some people are like look you know, I go out hiking with friends or in hiking groups and I'm you know, aware my pace is just a bit slower than everyone else and I want to be a quicker hiker. Um, and so looking at these particular areas of hiking and then really tailoring certain cardiovascular training sessions to help with those particular areas. Um, and it can really, really make dramatic differences for, for people in any of those situations. And then the fourth sort of pillar that I'm always a massive advocate for is doing some type of sort of recovery and mobility work in your week. Um, I often find that is the missing piece of the puzzle for a lot of hikers and, and that's essentially just doing small things during your week which might be a little bit of stretching, a little bit of self-massage, maybe a little bit of just you know gentle exercise in a pool or a bike or whatever but essentially just to make sure the body is sort of bouncing back pretty relatively well in between sessions and you're sort of just giving the body the attention the love it needs just to feel good and not you know constantly be sore and, and whatever. And I find putting those four things together, again, specifically it's a little bit different person to person, but it can just do yeah, wonders for any type of hiker, regardless of whatever your situation is. Yeah. And I'd expect those four levers differ based off the person's, you know, several variables, age, fitness, um, yeah, propensity for, for doing such hikes. Um, but it also is just really dependent on the hike that they're doing. Right. And I would assume you would pull those levers a little bit different if somebody's just trying to get into hiking shape versus climbing a really tall mountain like Kilimanjaro or, or trying to be on trail for 60 to 80 days at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, you just sort of, you know, approach them slightly different from person to person. And obviously the weekend hikers or the day hikers, 
you know, you don't have to obviously do quite as much as someone who might be doing a massive through hike or something like that. But that is a general overview. You know, those, those four yeah. things are going to be really great regardless. It's just obviously how much intensity, how much you actually do and, and what the specifics of it all, you know, ends up being. Awesome. I want to do, um, you've already mentioned this a few times, but I kind of want to do light, lightning round. I often say lightning round, Rowan, and it, it ends up not being lightning round, mostly because <laughs> of me, um, because I end up talking too much. But I love, you've, you've already mentioned some of the ailments that hikers often, uh, you know, confront. And I'd love for you, you know, I have a listener out there who deals with knee pain. What's something that they should be doing, you know, pre-hike, during hike, after hike for that? Yeah. So for like, let's say for knee pain, like, um, you know, obviously I'm always a big advocate, you know, training beforehand can make a massive difference, but if someone's in the, in the situation, they want sort of a bit of more short-term solution. So it doesn't take weeks and weeks to strengthen everything up and all of that. There are a few things you can do pre-hike during hike after hike to sort of make that a little bit more comfortable. Now, pre-hike, a really, really, really simple thing to do is, you know, just take maybe five, six minutes at the trailhead before you actually start hiking up just to do a couple of really, really simple warm-ups. Now, it doesn't, it's not a case that you have to spend ages stretching or have to run around jumping and do all this crazy stuff. But essentially, if a hiker struggles with knee pain, if they take five minutes to do a little bit of stretching around their calves and a little bit of stretching around their hips just before they start hiking, um, that in itself for a lot of hikers with knee pain can make a really decent difference. It won't fix the issue or anything, but it can make you more comfortable, particularly if you're starting off your hike with a, a relatively steep descent um, or you know quite a bit of up and down. Just a little bit of stretching on those two areas you know, can go quite a long way. So that's pre-hike, really, really simple. Any hiker can do that and you know it can make a decent difference. Now, during the hike, um, probably one of the easiest, easiest options to help with knee pain is just using trekking poles or hiking poles, which, you know, over in Australia, a lot of people are hesitant to use them because they are, you know, a bit dorky, <laughs> in all honesty. Um, some kind of different countries have different cultures around it, but they are probably the easiest thing any hiker can use just to reduce a bit of force off the knees. So particularly when we're going down hills, the knees take a hugely disproportionate amount of extra force every single step we take. And that is an area that a lot of hikers struggle with their knees. And essentially using uh, using hiking poles or trekking poles, it can take a pretty substantial amount of force out of that joint every single step you take. And it can make a pretty decent difference. And that's a really, really easy win. Um, it doesn't really require too much effort, but can make a pretty, pretty quick difference. And then after a hike, if someone does sort of struggle regularly with knee pain, um, there are loads of different things you can do. But again, a really easy solution, which barely requires any effort, is whacking on a pair of sort of compression recovery tights, which you can buy at any sort of sports store. You know, it'll cost you $100, $200, but it's really, really worth, uh, worthy investment. Essentially, what that does is it's not going to, again, fix the issue. It's not going to magically change anything, but it is going to help relieve a bit of discomfort. It basically helps keep the blood circulating a little bit more after you stop hiking and it helps sort of flush away some sort of waste products potentially. But, uh, but basically, it just makes your legs feel good. And so whether you're in camp and you wear it for a couple of hours before going to bed, whether you're driving home from the trailhead and you just wear it in the car for a couple of hours, whether you're at home and you sort of wear them overnight or whatever it may be, really, really, really easy, um, easy option. It can make a pretty good difference. Um, and I always advocate for my hikers if they are doing overnighters or something, it's just to keep them in their pack and, and wear them either in camp or, or overnight. And 
even for the ground counters, they will not be heavy, um, but it can be just such a great way just to make the legs feel a little bit nicer the next day and potentially reduce some of that, you know, discomfort in the knees and um, it have you happy at home or have you happy hiking the next day. Yeah, I love that tip. Um, what about back pain or shoulder pain? So, yeah, back, back pain and shoulder pain, um, again, massive, massive, you know, really, really common things. For the back discomfort, um, it's kind of kind of relatively similar. Um, so warm up beforehand and take, essentially if you deal with lower back pain, usually you can get a little bit of relief if you sort of release the hips. So do a bit of stretching around the hips or the bum and also so the upper back as well. And again, you can go onto Google with this and you just go hip stretch or upper back stretch or whatever. Five minutes of that of the trailhead if you do struggle with back pain can sometimes make a difference, not always, but can sometimes, and that can be a really easy option. Um, for your shoulders, if you're getting shoulder pain, spending a bit of time stretching your chest, so the front of your front of your torso, and also your lats, so the big muscles down the side of your side of your back. Again, as a warm-up, that can make a little bit of a difference. Um, when you're actually on the trail, the poles, they will give a bit of a benefit with that stuff, um, purely for posture's sake, um, but it's probably not as significant for the knees, but I guess it really comes down to getting the right pack fit in that situation, which exactly, you know, yeah, I know a lot of hikers, you know, they maybe skimp around that and they might not have a hundred percent idea around what they're best to do. But if you're sort of worrying or wondering about that, if you've got to fit it fitted or not, you know, take it down to your local store. If, you know, obviously, if that's accessible these days, and get it properly fitted or, or get that figured out, it make a massive difference. Um, and then afterwards, for those particular areas, again, you can do a little bit of sort of releasing around those areas to relieve a bit of discomfort so for the lower back again if you sort of pay a bit of attention to the glutes and also the mid back whether it's stretching or whether it's rolling with like a water bottle or a cork massage ball um, that can be really you know give a lot of uh, relief to a lot of people when I, when I ask my hikers who do struggle with lower back pain to in in camp whether in their tent or whether they're just on the grass or whatever to spend five minutes on that and it can make a difference um, for the shoulders, again, sort of releasing maybe the front of the chest, maybe those sort of lats down the side. At the end, whether it's a stretch, whether it's, a, whether it's with a water bottle or something, it can give a little bit of um, relief and discomfort. Now, I'll say with all that, like those are all sort of short-term solutions. They can make you feel better. They're obviously not going to fix the issue, and that's when your actual training comes in prior. But if you're in a situation where you're like, I'm going on a weekend hike and I know I deal with this, you know, something in there might help, and it's a pretty easy easy option to explore and it's not going to cost you cost you any effort or any money so why not gotcha and my my last one i'm going to give you dealer's choice what 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 are you seeing out there that maybe would be a surprise to us of things that that folks need to be a little bit more aware of as it comes to training and and dealing with some of these pain issues so when specifically when it's coming to training i think one thing that I'm a big advocate for, and it's really, really popular in the fitness world, the hiking world at the moment, is trying to avoid this sort of sort of high-intensity interval training type of training that's really, really popular at the moment. And what I mean by that is these, you know, sessions where you get you know, five or six or seven different exercises, you do it for like 45 minutes, 45 seconds, and you have 15 seconds rest, do it again, do it again. And you just basically flog yourself in the training, just get yourself huffed and puffed and absolutely exhausted. Now, this type of training, it can be really, really good for general fitness. It can be really, really good for, you know, uh, if you're looking just to lose weight or something. But as a hiker, there's much, much better ways of getting results for your hiking, which require a lot less effort. 
So typically I try to steer my sort of hikers away from that type of training. And even though it is advocate has been the best thing ever for pretty much anything under the sun, I think if there's a hiker is thinking that uh, thinking about training and they're going down that route, sometimes I recommend, look, instead of doing that type of session, maybe spend that 45 minutes, whack a pack on your back and just go walk around the neighborhood or, or maybe, you know, hop onto, um, you know, find a set of stairs or a set of hills and spend that time going up and down a hill. And honestly, that will give you or spend 45 minutes doing a proper strength training session instead of sort of this type of circuit uh, circuit session. And, and that one simple change of like veering away from that type of training, I think it can be really, really significant for helping hikers on the trail, but, you know, and also helping hikers, you know, reduce a bit of discomfort, you know, which those sessions sometimes, sometimes can lead to for some people. Love that tip. And I'm also glad I'm, I'm, I haven't done much high interval training. So I feel like I, I passed that part of the test. <laughs> uh, my, my next little segment that I want to do is hiking hacks. And so this is for when, you know, I, Hey, I live in the city and there's no mountains next to me. So your second pillar about me, you know, getting up and down the mountains, like what, what, what do you recommend for those folks if they're, um, not able to get out there and, and get that elevation. Yeah, so super, super, super common thing. And, you know, we're coming, so many people are in this situation. And, and the thing that's really annoying is you know, a lot of people in this, they'll go online and they'll be like, okay, I'm in this. How do I change this? And someone will be like, you know, just go out and hike. Or someone will be like, oh, go do this. And you're like, well, the issue is I can't get out and hike on this elevation. Like, that's not helping the problem. So when it comes down to this, um, usually I ask my hikers, where, where do you struggle with the elevation hiking? Are you aware? Is it a case of when I hit the hills, you know, my breathing struggles and I get huffed and puffed? Or is it a case of when I hit the hills, you know, my legs get really, really burny and they really get shaky and struggling? Um, or is it a combination of both? And from there, we can sort of make a few ideas around, you know, what, what we may want to approach through things. Now, three things that can really, really help in the, all those situations. First, that's going to help for both of those is, again, the strength training. Um, essentially, the idea behind that is stronger the legs are, the less effort every single step you take, um, particularly going uphill, meaning you're going to burn less energy, meaning you're going to be happier, fatigue less, and yada, yada, yada. So just do spending a little bit of time strength training, even if you can't get hike on any hills, that's going to be super, super beneficial and it'll be really, really good either situation. Now, if you're in the situation where your legs do get quite burning and you're like, okay, I don't have any big mountains to train on or anything like that, um, but I'm aware I struggle with this. Um, there's a few things you can do. Now, first option and probably the best option if you have this available is find some type of, you know, local hill or local set of stairs and do like a, a stair or interval, a stair or hill interval session where you literally will climb up the hill or the set of stairs, go to the bottom, go back and up and forth. And as you get stronger, you can put a load of pack on, you get a little bit heavier and go, go, go. Now, that's great if you have access to that. I know a lot of people, even that is just not realistic. So the sort of next steps from there is maybe you might go to a gym. You might do sort of a session on, you know, a Stairmaster or a treadmill. Again, do certain a long period, maybe four, five, six minutes at a time. Have a couple of minutes rest. Repeat that a number of times. Maybe whack on a pack, you know, as you get heavier, as you get a bit fitter and slowly build that up. Now, that's not quite as good as outdoor session because you might not, you know, you're not experiencing the downhill section, which people can struggle with, but it's better than nothing. And, and if you pair that with strength training, it can go, you know, it gets you most of the way. Um, and then on the other side of things, if you do struggle with sort of the huffing and puffing side of things, 
Um, one of my absolute favorite things for this is to do some really, really targeted interval training. Now, I know I was just ragging on high-intensity yeah. interval training before, um, and the reason this is a little bit more structured, a little bit more thought out, a little bit more targeted towards particular hiking fitness. And essentially what this involves is you sort of find maybe a stationary bike, maybe a rower in a gym, maybe um, you know a set of stairs or a, a moderately steep hill at home. Um, if you're a runner, you can do this running um, or whatever. But essentially what you want to do, really, really simple, you're going to go relatively quick for three minutes. So three minutes straight, relatively quick. By the end, you want to be you know a bit huffed and puffed. You don't have to be on the floor absolutely dead, but relatively huffed and puffed. Then you just chill out for 90 seconds, um, so a minute and a half. Just take it easy, catch your breath, recover, and then you do that again. And do that maybe five or six times. The next time you do it, add an extra time, add an extra interval. So you did five times, five repetitions last time, do six the next week, then seven the next week, eight the next week. That simple, simple, simple process and can make a really, really significant difference just to that huffing and puffing when you're going up hills. Without getting way, way too technical and dive into weeds of it, it's very, very targeted, particular aspect of your aerobic fitness, which is really, really relevant for you going up hills. And I use that with most of my hikers who struggle with that, and it, um, it really can make a pretty big difference. Um, so yeah, so basically everyone do strength training. If you struggle with your burning muscles, some type of up and down motion, whether it's in you know outdoors or in a gym, and if you struggle with huffing and puffing, giving those intervals a go, I think put those things together and yeah, you can, you'll be amazed at the difference it can make. And I, and I think part of your answer is going to cover my next one, which is, Hey, I, I work nine to five. I got to pick up the kids. Um, I have maybe an hour here and there throughout the week. And then, and then part of my weekend, like, how do I, how do I squeeze this in? Yeah. So that's again, really, really common thing because You'll go online and you'll be like, okay, how do I train for hiking? And you'll find these hiking plans and they're like, go out walking two hours every second day. And you're like, well, come on now. Like, I've got a young family. I've got a busy job. You know, I might be working ship work or whatever. You know, we all have different things going on. So typically I say, you know, if you can sort of squeeze in three 45-minute sessions in a week, um, that is probably enough for most hikers. You don't need to be doing multiple hours at a time aside from obvious, obviously you're hiking. Um, but just squeezing things in where you can. So if it's realistic to sort of fit in, you know, three sessions a week, you might do, you know, two sessions of, uh, of strength training, maybe one of those hill intervals or the, uh, the cycling intervals or whatever, and then get out hiking where you can. You know, for an everyday hiker, that is probably enough. Um, if you're sort of in a crazy busy life and you're like, oh, you know what, even that, you know, that's not realistic. You know, I need something that's going to be a bit more flexible. Then you can sort of get a bit more creative and you might say, okay, instead of doing, you know, these three big hunks of training, I might just look at doing like 15, 20 minutes a day. You might just do a bit of strength training on some days. You might send 20 minutes going up and down a set of stairs in your apartment block or something. You might, I've got some hikers who um, in the middle of board, meet, board meetings, they're doing like car phrases and that to fit in their strength training. I've got some who are going in the fire escape at lunch and they're literally doing five minutes of up and down the stairs and fitting it in. Just sort of getting a little bit more creative. So it's taking those sort of general principles like, okay, how can I, I want to get strong. I want to do these types of sort of cardio sessions, but how can I fit into my week? And it doesn't have to be all at once, but you want to find something that's convenient for you. So, you know, you may, may need to take a little bit of getting creativity, but, you know, anyone could do it. It's just, uh, yeah, just having to think about what's going to slide into yeah. your life, I guess. 
Yeah, I love hearing those examples of strength training because you you've, you think of weights, but it, you know, calf raises can be that, right? Or squats can be that, or just kind of the general things where you have time and you can use your body weight to to help build some of that strength. Yeah, exactly. And you know, for for most, to be honest, I most of the strength training I have my clients doing. Because a lot of hikers, they're not a big fan of the gym, like realistically, or they're not a big fan of weights. Like, you know, the gym and the weights are a great tool, but it's definitely not 100% necessary and probably yeah, 75% of my... Here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And like 75% of my hikers are doing all their strength training, you know, at home, purely with body weight and also a backpack. And then I'll just load up a backpack and do certain moves when they need it. But you can get so much done with just your body weight or just with a little bit of extra resistance from a backpack or a band. You know, a gym's not necessary. It's a tool um, and it can make things easier. And some people love the gym environment to train, to train, but it's definitely not necessary. So when I'm saying strength training, it's not so much, okay, I've got a big barbell on my back and I'm in amongst all the bodybuilders and that, but it's something that's sort of giving resistance to the muscles in a very, very targeted way. Um, you know, to, to aim towards these outcomes I'm talking about. So whether it's with a pack, a band, body weight, whether you're using dumbbells, barbells, it doesn't matter, but whatever works for you and whatever you prefer. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I think I'd wrap up. I know in previous podcasts where I was talking about training, I did for some of my long trails. I just tell me, tell me where my, if my mindset's right here, I'd kind of assessed where I struggle on the trail um, as you were talking about earlier, like I've never had wobbly legs. Um, I've, I've never had shoulder or back issues. Um, I do like to try to strengthen my core, but the thing that always gets me is, is huffing and puffing. And so for me, I was just really trying to do as much cardio before I went out on those, um, larger hikes. And I knew I lived in the city, so I knew I couldn't like get out, you know, every other day to go do hikes. So I just wanted to do like, like you said, fitness bike running i just need to get that heart rate up is it was was my mind was my approach pretty good there yeah absolutely absolutely and that's definitely as a as a basis of any type of training or hiking doing that type of cardiovascular training that's sort of running hiking biking that stuff that you can do for long periods that's always going to be the main stuff you're going to be looking at and that's always going to be the most beneficial stuff and that's going to you know, get you most people where you know halfway there then typically what I say, you know, that's a great foundation. And then what you can do next time if you're like, okay, you know what, maybe I want to improve that a little bit more. The next step is you might go, okay, once a week, I'm going to do, you know, those intervals that I'm talking about and see how that goes. And then if, if that didn't work for you for the next hike and you're like, oh, I can still probably improve on this, you might add something else on top of that. Um, and then you might add, some, add something else on top of that. And there's lots of different things you can do. But, but I would say in your situation, that's a perfect foundation. And, and just adding a tiny little bit extra specificity into that mix um, where you can, and probably, you know, you probably make a, a pretty deep, big difference in, you know, just a number of weeks, I think. Love it. Well, I, I want to thank you for your time. For those folks listening and they're like, I, I need a trainer. Are you doing virtual trainings? Um, do you need to be in person? Do you need to, do you need to be in the outback with you? Or, or tell me a little bit more about how they get a hold of you. Yeah. So basically, you know, all my training I do is entirely online these days, um, purely for the fact that, you know, there were a lot of people in Sydney or needing help. But as I sort of talk, talk, start talking about this stuff, I realized getting people from the States, from Europe, you know, all around the world who are wanting help. And so I sort of developed the online side of things because uh, 
because yeah, there's just so many hikers that did need help. So, so if you were interested in learning a little bit more um, around this sort of online personal training for hiking, probably a couple of uh, good places to reach me is um, number one, I do run a sort of free um, community um, for hikers who are interested in training, um, which is on Facebook. It's called the Training for Hiking and Trekking Facebook group. Basically inside there, I give up loads of free information around training, we sort of share videos and exercises and answer people's questions. And that's a really like, easy free resource where you can get their hands on, come in and get involved, learn a little bit about what, what, what I do and, and all of that. And, you know, whether you work with me or not, at least you'll sort of learn a little bit more about this world. Um, and in this situation, if someone was interested in, you know, specifically reaching out and, and checking checking me out, you can find my website at um, summitstrength.com.au. So, yeah, summitstrength.com.au. Don't forget the AU because we're over in Aussie. And you can sort of have a read through, you know, my programs, have a read through all the success stories of different hikers around the world. And, and you can sort of click me a message through there or wherever it may be. So probably the two best places to find me on that front. Nice. Yeah. Summit Strength. That's U-M-M-I-T strength.au. And give me that Facebook group one more time. Uh, the Training for Hiking and Trekking Facebook group. Love it. Yep. I'm going to go find it right after this this chat. I, I need some tips here and there. Um, and as, as everyone gets older, I know it's, it's coming around the corner for me, Rowan. I got to do a little <laughs> bit more prep, a little, little bit more prep before I go out there. Yeah, so, I feel you. I'm noticing that as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, appreciate um, two things we accomplished. One, we we I already celebrated. We went international, and we had another Smith. Two R Smiths on the line tonight. So I appreciate both of those little nuggets. I appreciate you hopping on. And yes, feel free to reach out to Rowan at those two places, and hopefully you get a little bit more prepared as you're thinking about. Not only your mental approach to hiking or your trip itinerary, but also your physical approach. So again, thanks, thanks for your time, Ron. No, it's been my absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you having on, and um, yeah, it's been a really great chat. Perfect. Thanks, man.